Hello and welcome to The Hearts Review with me Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week is new guest Jamie to talk about the draw against Aberdeen at Tynecastle. We look at the new signing of Ben Woodburn, chat a little bit about what we need before the window closes and we preview Dundee United on Saturday. 1-1 draw against Aberdeen um, yesterday. Um, overall, pretty disappointing, no Gordon? Yeah, I think you could tell by uh, the tone of my voice during the game, Ross. Um, I was extremely dissatisfied again, um, but I half expected it when when I seen the the kind of the lineups. Um, it was a similar system that we went with at Parkhead. I just thought, you know, Aberdeen came. I thought for a draw. I thought the way they set up, it was an understrength Aberdeen team. They had a few key players missing. I thought there was a real opportunity. You know, full time castle. Um, you know, you could feel that the atmosphere was it was brilliant. You know, it really was at the start of the game and I just thought the players would have fed off that and they they didn't really they didn't start the game particularly well and, and open at what I would expect. You know, I thought they would try and move the ball quicker, get the ball wide, um, Mackay Stephen and Ginelli having a go at the Aberdeen fullbacks, but we didn't really see enough of that unfortunately. Um I just thought any time that we did get up the park, you know, whether it was Halliday or whether it was Smith, um, they seem to be the ones that would would get themselves in a position to cross the ball. They just never seem to beat the first man. And I think it took until maybe five, six minutes in the second half before we had our first shot at goal. Um, so that just, for me, just set the tone. I thought it was a, a flat performance um, and a predictable performance. It seems to be one that, that we've become accustomed to, particularly in, in kind of the bigger games. Um, which is disappointing, I have to say. Um, you know, I know we're, we're we shouldn't really complain because, you know, it's, in terms of points, it has been a good start to the season. But in terms of the performances, it's not been great. You know, I mean, you could almost argue that it's been a, it's maybe a false position where where they are at the moment. Um, I just I'm I'm a bit disappointed. I'd like to think that you know, we can improve and we can get a lot better, and and that'll stand us in good stead. You know, I mean, if you can get points when you're not playing well fantastic but at the same time you'll not continue to get points if you keep playing like that because eventually teams will work you out and I just think if Aberdeen were a wee bit more expansive like the way they ended the game if they had started like that they probably would have won it and I think that's the biggest disappointment as well that we played against a team who's just came um, back from was it Kazakhstan? Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan apologies um, and you know a tough European European game as I said under strength and they were the ones that were trying to win it towards the end, you know. And that, that was the biggest disappointment for me, you know. I thought if one team was going to win it, it was going to be them. And uh, and that, incredibly frustrating. Jamie, welcome to the Hearts Review. It's your first podcast with us. Um, what did you make of the system going into the game yesterday? We, we did play quite defensively, you know, five at the back. You know, you could argue it's a three, but we, we all know it's a five. Should we be setting up like that at home? I think it's an interesting one, obviously, because people when people talk about this system, they speak about the fullback's quality going forward and or sorry the wing backs I should say and Gordon's just highlighted it there that the crossing yesterday was poor I thought yesterday we got ourselves into good positions but the final ball particularly across a from a wide area let us down didn't be the first man or it was too long or, or whatever but I think that's uh, when you play with wing backs that aren't as good going forward that's where problems start because it it relies on and two holding midfielders as well with Peter Hanning and Benny Beningame it puts a lot of pressure on Mackay, Steve and Janelli boys, whoever the front three is going to be, 
to provide that quality and that creative spark and you know I've, I've not been overly impressed with Mackay Stephen or Ginelli so far this season I think Boyce didn't get any servers at all really yesterday and um, tries his best to hold the ball up but a lot of the time the ball was getting punted up to him at head height and you know we did change the system eventually just before Aberdeen scored actually and now people are obviously having a go at Robbie for, for changing the system because we conceded a goal 30 seconds after it and um, I, I, you know I think it was right to change the system and I think it's obviously just unfortunate the way that we conceded the goal just shortly after it but um, the ball's obviously come in from the right it's gone all the way through and Campbell who was playing at left back I think it was has crossed the ball back in and you know there's nobody near Campbell and that's the problem you can speak about Smith and Suter the defending at the front post there Ojo gets in between the two of them and it's Ginelli for me though that's not come back to track Campbell's Campbell's uh, Campbell's cross and that's ultimately where the, the where the goals came from is the cross has come in no pressure on it and it's good ball in actually all the pace is on the cross so all Ojo has to do is get a flick on it and he gets in between uh, Smith and Suter and well, it's 1-1 from there but uh, you know we changed the system and we're not happy so uh, I'm not sure about uh, the regards do you think we were lucky to be in that position in the first place uh, 1-0 up like you mean um, maybe uh, you know it was from a penalty obviously you know you, you make your own luck um, Mackay Stephen had just missed a, a very good chance moments before it Gordon said that Ginelli had our first shot on target just before that as well so I think the start of the second half we maybe did get a bit of a rocket up our arse at half time from, from Robbie and you know, we came out, uh, fans probably weren't happy with that first half display, and rightly so. Um, so maybe, maybe you could say that, but you know, you make your own luck, it's a penalty, and Boyce, top goal scorer for us this season, surely, come the end of the season, he still will be, and uh, you know, he sticks away, makes no mistake from the spot, and that's what you expect from someone like Liam Boyce. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Boyce fan, as everyone knows on, on this show and I think he absolutely will be the top goal scorer come the end but I think the point you make on Ginelli, um I, I don't think you can blame him because at the end of the day he's not a, a wing back you know what I mean it's not his he's not a, a proper sort of um, left sided midfielder either um, or right or whatever you know side he wants to play on because I think he can, he, he's quite comfortable playing in, in both for me, his job is to be a creative spark, and he should be the one that's further up the park. I thought he was too deep at times. I think he was uncomfortable when he's having to drop a little bit deeper in. Now, I understand the system that, that Nielsen wants to play. Your kind of wide men are going to have to do that. You know, if Smith rockets up the park, someone like, you know, Ginelli or Mackay Stephen will have to maybe fill in. Because we've even seen Boyce do it at times, actually. I don't like that, personally, from, from my attacking players. You know, I think that as a front three, and I mentioned it before the, the, the season started, I thought it was a front three that could get a barrel load of goals this season if they play as a front three. I just don't think they are playing as a front three at the moment. I think the the creative sparks in Ginelli and Mackay Stephen are just doing things that I don't think they're that comfortable doing. Mackay Stephen maybe a little bit more than, than Ginelli will probably be able to come back and trap back a little bit, but you know, I think somebody like Ginelli is a flair player. Get him up as, uh, as high up the park as you possibly can. I think Hearts have got to do better. There. I think Smith's got to do better. I think he's 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 too um, kind of narrow. He's he's came too deep into the box there. Where you know, if you want to play with a back four, then you've got to have your back four spread out. Simple as that. You know what I mean? I think the two centre half should be able to take Kerry Ojo. You know, I mean, if he's running in be- in between them and tapping in, for me, they've, they've got to do better there. But Smith, for me, his positioning was poor. And I think he 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 should have been further out there to kind of maybe narrow the narrow the the Campbell putting in the, in the cross from stopping it early. I think that that that's where he should have been. I wouldn't necessarily blame Ginelli too much there. Um, but again, you know, we we talk about changing the system, and I, I 
it had to change, but I think it should have changed at half time. Um, I think you know we were we were getting overrun at times in in the middle of the park, and I think for me, I wanted to see McInef start. I thought you know if you want to play Harren and, and and Benny in in the middle of the park, I think maybe even a wee triangle with they two sitting in, and then you could have a McInef in there who's very much. Um, you know, I mean, we were told that he was a box-to-box midfielder when he joined. Yet when he come on, he's been—I think he was put—was he put left, left wing, left, left, left midfield? Um, so you would have thought that surely when he, for me, I think when he was making the change, he brought Walker on. Where I thought that should have been McInnes. Um but I, I think McInnes should have started in, in that front three. He would have gave Hearts a little bit more energy, a little bit of more of a runner. I thought at times we were too kind of we were too deep. I, I thought, and I thought towards the end of the game. Um, we got we got overrun in there, um, but that was just I think that was more by the the momentum of the game. You talk about making the change at half time. Surely they should have started with a more attacking system, no? Oh yeah, and listen, that's been a criticism of of Robbie Nielsen for a long time. You know, not just since he's returned, but I think even his previous spell. I think he's a manager who, um, I don't know. I just I get the I get the vibe that he, he's more interested in. And see the 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 difference between him and Craig Levine. I always thought Craig Levine would go out and try and get a goal first, then defend. I feel like Nielsen's defending first to try and get a goal, and I I don't like that. You know I think you should play your strengths. And Hearts have got good footballers. You know they had a fully fit squad, um, bar Nandali uh, being in the squad. That was the the only sort of main sort of player, from Kingsley as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, you're minus those two. You've got you've certainly got more options than what Aberdeen did. Anyway, um, you're at home, full crowd, against one of your rivals for Europe potentially. For me, you've got to be taking three points, and when you get yourself one nil up without playing particularly well, that should give you a boost, and you should be going on to try and end the game because at that time, I think there was maybe about ten fifteen minutes after we'd scored, Aberdeen looked flat. They they looked like they didn't they lacked belief. They they thought. Listen, it's only if Hearts up their game here, they could put us to bed. I very much got that vibe, and I thought Hearts would do that, but they didn't. Took the foot off the gas and thought, oh, we'll take our 1-0, and we got punished for it. Aberdeen did have a makeshift team, Jamie. What did you, what did you make of them? Did you, did you think they deserved to get back into the game and get the draw? I mean, they were, I thought they were the team that was probably pushing for the equaliser, obviously, as you would expect. Um But, you know, Gordon said it earlier, they came back off this European trip in Azerbaijan. I expected the longer the game went on, Hearts to be kind of in the driving seat a bit more. And obviously when we got that goal, I thought, oh, perfect, because they'll struggle to get back into it at this point because they should tire. They didn't. They finished the game stronger, as we've already spoken about. And, you know, for me, I thought it was a pretty comfortable point for Aberdeen. You know, I thought they came to Tynecastle and, and left with a point and thoroughly deserved it. You know, I, I didn't think Hearts... It felt like a defeat for me, personally. I, was, uh, I wasn't angry at, at Robbie Nielsen or anything yesterday, but I was angry with the with the result because I thought three points we should have got three points yesterday I was really quietly confident that Hearts would go and turn Aberdeen over by a couple of goals at least yesterday and uh, it didn't really didn't really ever look like happening I know it's early in the season but does this put a dent into our European ambitions potentially potentially finishing higher than Aberdeen because our record up there is terrible probably worse than their record down here I think the performance not the result but I think the performance um, mentally probably should put a dent in it I'm not sure whether it will or not. Obviously, I, I can't speak for the Heart squad, but I think mentally, the fact that this Aberdeen team, as we've said, was under strength, uh, was coming off the back of a, a long journey, playing on a horrible pitch on Thursday night, all the kind of angles pointed to a Hearts win today and by a, quite a comfortable uh, victory at that, in my opinion anyway. And 
the fact that they didn't do it, they didn't deserve to do it. I think mentally, for the players' point of view, that probably should put a dent in it. I think when you're you've got your manager coming out and saying the fans were treated to a fantastic spectacle, um, I think maybe says more about where the mentality of maybe the squad is because I mean you would expect your manager to kind of lead by example and and kind of gauge the the feeling between the players. Um, you know, I just think that he was delighted with the point. And I think, you know, when we talk about want to qualify for Europe, you're you're not going to do it by drawing at home to understrength Aberdeen teams. You know, you've got to take advantage of these situations. And, you know, unfortunately for me, I just I just don't see that happening now. I think, you know, if we had won the game, and I, I like yourself, Jamie, I thought Hearts would go in there and, and win by a few goals and put a real statement down. You know, we, we obviously we didn't play well at Parkhead last week, but you thought, right, dust yourselves down, go and make a statement put on a really good performance and, and sort of show everyone, you know, because I think beating Aberdeen would have probably been an eye-opening result to everybody else in the league. Um, and they would have thought to themselves, right, well, maybe Hearts really are back here. Um, but it, it didn't happen, and that's that's the most disappointing thing for me. Um, I just think that, you know, it, aye, it's a tough start. You know, we, we have on, on paper it was a really tough start, but I expected Hearts to beat Celtic. You know what I mean? Which maybe sounds a bit, you know, big-headed, but I did. I thought they were there for the team at the time. Now, if we're playing them maybe next week, that would be a different story because, I mean, they're very much in form at the moment. But, you know, you, you well, I mean, we, we played them sandwiched in between two 6-0 wins and Hearts still took two goals off them. So Hearts have the ability to go in and take these teams on. So I fancied Hearts to win that game. I fancied Hearts to go to St Mirren and win as well. I knew it would be a difficult game. But, you know, I, I knew we had the ability to go and do it. So, for me, they weren't two big surprises. Um, I was disappointed by last week. I'm disappointed by today. And I think we've got every right to be. You know, people can say, well, you know, we're top of the league and we've had a great start, all this sort of thing. But surely people sitting watching football, that type of football, those type of performances, you can't be entertained by that. You cannot be entertained by that because that was our gripe in the first place under Levine, right? Because the football was eye-bleeding. It was brutal. And people were not accepting back-to-back sixth-place finishes. They were sick of it. They wanted more. I feel like we've just gone full circle and we're back to square one again. And we're just talking about the same things and we're heading down the same road again. That Those performances will get you sixth place. You know, they don't excite you. They don't get you off the edge of your seat. We were 1-0 up. Very luckily, in my opinion, because, yep, Mackay Stephen misses a really good chance. Ginelli has a half a chance because it's a shot for outside of the box, doesn't connect with it properly. That was all we created. Uh, what what minute did we score the first goal? Was it 56 or something? So so just over 10 minutes in the second half, and we get a penalty. We go 1-0, and you think, right, come on, kick on. Let's see their wide men, you know, feed off the atmosphere, and we just didn't see it. But I think mainly down to the system. Just thought two too negative for me so it's a it's a balance isn't it Gordon you've got to have a balance you've got to have a balance listen nobody's expecting Hearts to batter teams every week you know we're not stupid we don't expect Hearts to win every week but if you know we came away from Tynecastle yesterday we had had maybe six seven shots on target goalkeeper had made three world-class saves and we went away going well it's just one of them in it you know we we're unlucky um you can accept that but see when you're having what one two shots on target in 90 minutes. It's not acceptable. And it's not the type of football I want to watch. And it's not the type of football the majority of supporters want to watch. People will always make the argument, well, look at the results, look at the record. It's, it's, more, it's going to be more. 
Because there's good footballers there, you know. This isn't a Hearts team that's depleted because of injuries or because of money issues. There's no excuses for this club to fail. And for me, they've got to get it absolutely spot on. I think that they've made strides forward um, as a football club. But for me, they've got to get a manager in who will take Hearts to the next level. And I'll keep saying it every week. My opinion's not going to change because we beat Celtic 2-1 in the opening day of the season. It's just not going to change because, you you know, my eyes don't deceive me. I see, we're watching the same thing every week. And, you know, we might win the odd game 2-1 because we've got good players. But, you know, I want to see more. And I think we should I think we should be entitled to more. Jamie, do you think, do you think the fans will stop going to the games if, if they're bored to tears every week? I don't know, you're probably better asking Gordon. You know, he's, he's one of the guys that's uh, certainly not... Uh, not very pleased with the level of performance that we're we're getting shown. We're paying our money for it, and I think Hearts is probably a, a club that's pretty um, well, not pretty. It is unique uh, with the way the foundation, the fans contribute to the club and the, the way the club is run. And I think Gordon's right. I think that the fans do deserve better. But um, you know, clearly going by what he's saying, it's the the performance as opposed to the the actual result against Aberdeen and in in previous uh, previous games. But that that kind of seems to bother him. I am. Um, this time around and I think that's fair enough because as I say I, I, I thought Hearts would go and give Aberdeen a bit of a doing yesterday um, for a lot of reasons but I, I think that we there, there's, look it's a 38 game season and you know we've played for either 7 points out of 9 and who's to say that Hearts won't improve Hearts were a bit short yesterday on numbers um, a lot of the guys on the bench were youngsters I would argue that we didn't have many options off the bench um, to change the game in our favour to change the system um, we've spoken about uh, Mick and F. You know, he's him and Walker have have come on now. Um, in the last two three games, I think off the bench, or Mick and F certainly has. Sorry, and uh, you know, he he had a shot against St. Mirren. He scored against Celtic. Um, but I think he he probably does need to be given more time. And Spencer was saying it yesterday as well that he thought he should have been given a start. But I think the problem is if you do want to bring someone like Mick and F or Walker into the starting eleven, you need to change the system because. The, the two guys in midfield, Hanning and Beningamy, that's a really difficult job for them to do and they need to have a hell of a lot of legs to do that because half the time Peter Hanning was up in the opposition box yesterday and that's not good because that's not Peter Hanning's game. So Peter Hanning had, a, had the ball a couple of times in the opposition box and he doesn't know what to do with it there because he's, he's, not, a, he's not an attacking midfielder, he's a holding midfielder who's good at tackling, passing, breaking the game up, so is Beningamy. But... I think we needed to have somebody like Walker or Mickenef on the ball in those situations as opposed to Peter Haring. But then the problem is you need to change the system and I think Robbie Nielsen's very reluctant to do that right now. What did you make of Benny? Yeah, listen, he's a fantastic player. Um, the, the the issue is with when when you have a class player like that, you know, and, and the team underperforms or plays a certain way, why why would you want to stick around and, and play that type of football? Um, yeah, listen, he, he strolled the game again yesterday wasn't surprised um you know I'd, again i think uh, Jamie spawn with, with, with what he's talking about with peter Haran because that isn't Haran's game i know he's got a few goals uh, towards the start of his hearts career from getting into the box but it's not that he's not that type of player you know i mean I, i'm a big fan of peter Haran and i was not advocated him for a long time to get a start but i think when devlin comes in i think nielsen may drop Haran and i think you'll maybe see devlin uh, maybe come into the team a little bit more, but again, it just goes back to well, why did they sign Mac and F? You know what I mean? Like, what's the issue there? I mean, they spent money on the guy, um, 
and you know I thought he was starting to come on to a game towards the end of last season. I think he deserved a start, but he's not really been given a much of a look in. You know, he comes on, scores last week. You know, for me, he should he should have started. You know, I think he deserved to start the game. And if he flops, he flops. You know what I mean? Well, then you know you can say, well, fair enough, and you give someone else a chance. You know, I just thought it was the wrong sub. He brought Jamie Walker on. I thought again, you know. Jamie Walker should be coming on and being the man that that takes the game by the scruff of the neck and being bees the difference, gets the ball, is you know it, it drives at the Aberdeen defence, has a couple of shots at goal, gets the crowd back up again and gets Hearts going. Didn't see that unfortunately. Maybe had half a scuffle with Scott Brown and that was about all his contribution towards the end of the game. Um, McInerney I thought was wasted out on on the left hand side. I thought it was I, I thought it was pointless. I really did. I would say we didn't have enough of the ball when these guys came on for them to make a difference. Absolutely. I mean, I think that but uh, by this point the game had swung. Aberdeen had the momentum. They were the team that that was looking hungrier. Um, I thought uh, Emmanuel Thomas as well had uh, certainly Halliday in his back pocket anyway. I mean, I think when Halliday got a book and he was feared to actually make a challenge after that. And I think he had the, the freedom of that entire wing and he just, he, you know, and, and I think they, they swapped in the book Cochrane in there and he, he just got absolutely bullied as well. Um, I think, you know, I think that, you're right, I think Hart struggled and it was like they didn't have an out ball either again. Um, it was like every time, you know, the ball went to Craig Gordon, it was just hoofed up the park in a hope that it'll fall for someone. I didn't think there was any creativity. They never once do I remember Hearts playing it short and trying to stretch the game and trying to play a little bit. It was just route one constantly. And Liam Boyce is not that type of striker. He's he's not gonna he's not gonna win the ball in the air and bring it down, you know. I mean he's having to come deep into his own half to win the ball and try and start something. He should be the man that's up furthest up the park. You know, he should be a penalty box striker. Give you know either you know in or around the box. That that should be his job. That's what you should say to Liam Boyce. Not having to come deep to get the ball and start attacks. That that's not his job because he's one. He's not quick enough for that. You know, you should you should get. Listen, you've got a fantastic striker there, who's going to get a barrel load of goals. But you've got to use him properly. And him coming into his own half to get the ball is not using him properly. And again. I agree with what Jamie says. That's because we didn't have enough of the ball. So he's frustrated. He's isolated. For me, I think somebody, you know, you play through the middle there when you've because we've got enough numbers in the middle of the park. You know, we've got Benny Haring, you've got Walker uh, by uh, on by this point, and then obviously McInnes came on there. So you're not trying to tell me that these guys can't play football. They could have played through Aberdeen there and started to create chances, but they didn't. They just, you know, we just continually kept uh, giving the ball away and. You know, towards the end, I thought they were outfought. And I think if that game had maybe gone on for another 10 minutes, would you have been surprised if Aberdeen scored? I probably wouldn't have been. If Aberdeen were at full strength, do you reckon they would have won yesterday? Um, Probably, yeah, yeah. If Hearts play like that, I mean, I'm I'm not saying that a full-strength Aberdeen beats a full-strength Hearts team because I don't believe it does, especially at Tyne Castle. I, think, um, I just think Hearts didn't play well, but, you know, there was reasons for that. I think it was a lot to do with the way they, they set up and started the match, you know. Hearts of, of old, I mean, even, you know, even you go back to the Levine teams and when they played against, you know, a McInnes' Aberdeen team and Hearts always started the game really quickly and there were always a couple of goals up because he knew that to beat Aberdeen, you know, regardless if it was McInnes or Glass's team, you've got to get right in about them and you've got to start quickly, get yourselves in front and then the game will become a battle and it takes care of itself after that because, you know, you believe in your own ability, particularly at home, to stand up to the, the physicality that Aberdeen will bring. Um, I felt we struggled a little bit with that towards the end, but I feel like if we had the lead going into the last 10-15 minutes, we would have been okay. 
But I think we just... For me, when they scored, it was almost out of nothing. And you've seen the reaction of the Aberdeen fans. They were quiet, and then ball across the face of goal, and it goes in, and suddenly they're lifted. They're back in the game out of virtually nothing. And that was the most disappointing part for me, you know. That period of the game, you should have a wee bit of experience and know how to see that out. Keep the clean sheet as the game goes on. Grind out a 1-0. I would have liked to have obviously seen 2 or 3 but I think it was that type of game and we just let our guards slip and let them back into the game and then after that it totally changed because I think if it goes at another 10 minutes at 1-0 then for me Aberdeen's belief slowly dwindles and then you know in the end you have enough to see it out but we let them back into the game at a key point that gave them the, the momentum and the belief and um, that's something we've got to learn from. Quite a poignant moment on the 26th minute when we done the twirly for for Zal Gordon. I mean, it was it was brilliant to watch it back, but it was brilliant in the crowd as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm not somebody that normally takes a scarf to the game, but um, I made a point of bringing bringing my scarf along with me um, there. Yeah, it was. It was nice to see. Um, I'd love to see Hearts do something like you know, if we ever have a big European game or something like that. Um, and I know this is d- defeats the purpose of what we're talking about here, but um, if we ever had like a big massive game, I'd love the club to like you know give every every seat a free scarf or something like that, and see like a massive sort of twirly. It would be fantastic. But um, it was uh, it was great to see. It was an it was a lovely tribute to to a legend. You know what I mean? Uh, I didn't know that no um, European player or sorry foreign player has ever played more games um, for Hearts and Zal. So it just shows you what what a uh, a legend of the football club he is, you know, to to be a cup winning captain in the club's biggest ever ever game, and to obviously uh, to lose his life so tragically and, and so early, um, I thought it was a it was a fitting tribute, and um, I think you know I think the club should maybe name a stand after him or something. To be honest with you, because he's, you know, he's um, I think he will go down in Hearts history as certainly one of their greatest captains because of what they achieved that day. It looked pretty, uh, pretty special from the press box. Um, even before the game, uh, Heydrude came on. It was, it was just really nice to see all the, all the fans back in the ground. It's the first game I've covered with a full crowd. So, yeah, it was a, it was a special day. And on the twenty sixth minute, I think, uh, I think it was a special moment for everybody inside Tynecastle. What did you make of the, the, the crowd? Um, obviously, you've covered all the games last season a few this season what, what, did, what did you what's the differences there between an empty tin castle and, and a full tin castle because we've never experienced that you know ourselves well I was allowed to kind of uh, celebrate when the penalty was given and scored last season I never really got away with that because it was just silence really or the fake crowd noise I suppose they managed to get in but uh, uh, it's, it's weird just looking around and even just seeing people that I know or know me from like work or even like seeing yourselves or that. Obviously, move on and chat a wee bit about transfers. Uh, ben Woodburn was confirmed today. Um, good signing from Liverpool. Good pedigree. You would think so. I think it's hard to really suggest anything otherwise. Uh, I'm not sure his loan spells have gone particularly well, to be honest. Recently, um, however, there's definitely a player in there. I mean, you, Klopp was obviously having second thoughts about kind of letting him letting him leave. Um, you know, he was quite keen to to keep him around and you know, I think that tells you everything you need to know about, about Woodburn if somebody like Klopp's kind of uh, taking a taking a liking to him so yeah we'll, we'll see what he's like but again I'm sure Gordon will, will say we need to use him correctly we need to keep him high up the park and uh, if, if Robbie does that then I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have a very good player on our hands 
Um, you know, we were a bit light yesterday. Uh, we had a lot of youngsters on the bench. A lot of them are going to go out on loan now. You've still got, you know, obviously Stephen Kingsley. You've got Armand to come back in, Ben Woodburn, Cameron Devlin. And then hopefully you're looking at maybe one or two more signings, maybe a forward or, or a centre half or hopefully both. But, um, you know, I'm not sure with regards to the system, obviously. But I think we've it'll be interesting to see what happens at Dundee United because, you know, Ben Woodburn will hopefully go straight into that squad. I'm not sure about Devlin yet. I think he's still um, awaiting his, his visa or his quarantine or something ending. So we'll uh, we'll need to wait and see about him. But I think there's opportunities to change the system. Um, but it's just that, that word uh, stubborn that Mr. Uh, Levine was often described as if, uh, if the comparison with Robbie and Levine is so... Uh, so similar, then we'll see if Robbie's as stubborn as uh, Mr. Levine. What do you make of the comparisons to Levine with Nielsen, Gordon? I mean, there was a lot of talk when he was manager originally, because um, Levine was director of football, you know, that Levine was picking a team, Levine had too much influence. It's now Robbie's team, you could argue. Um, what do you make of the comparisons between them both? Or is it just another Craig Levine we've got? Yeah, I think I think there's a problem with Scottish managers. Um, particularly domestic Scottish managers, you know who who manage kind of biggish clubs in Scotland in terms of you know your Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeens, um, people like Derek McInnes, people like Nielsen, Craig Levine, you know they get they they do tend to get bigged up as being you know top managers in our leagues, but they're not really top managers because they go down south, McInnes at Bristol. Nielsen at MK Dons, Levine at Leicester, and they get found out. You know, they're quickly back up the road. And they're back they're 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 managing up here for a reason. And it's because they're just they're not they're they just aren't good enough to, to be managers at top top clubs. And I think, you know, Hearts is a football club and by the way, I'll put Jack Ross in, in the same the same category as well, because I think I think he's the same thing as uh, same kind of a category manager as 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 the ones I've just named, I think that that's the issue. You know, we as a football club, and credit to Aberdeen because they've they've probably pushed the the boat out a little bit trying to experiment, because I think you know Cormac probably seen that and he thought, you know, I think Glass could easily be the exact same as Nielsen. I mean, the way they played on on Sunday, I think he could very well be. But at least, you know, they tried something a little bit different by bringing, you know, Brown in, you know, experience of being at a big club and seeing, you know, if he could be an exciting young manager. Because you look at Callum Davidson there, who <clears throat> has, you know, hasn't been a manager, but he had been assistant uh, with Scotland for a little bit. Assistant, I think he was at Stoke and Millwall, I think. Um, he went down there and, and he kind of, he moved about a bit. I think he was even at Dunfermline for, for a little bit as an assistant before he became a manager. Um, and he, it didn't take him long, I mean, let's say he won a double, you know what I mean, and he, he'll be down south, and I'm sure he'll do well down south, you know, there's a difference, and I think it's it's getting, the, you know, the cream rises the crop very quickly, and I think that the issue with people like Nielsen, Levine, McInnes, they are all similar, and they might finish third now and again, but they're not going to achieve anything of significance, unfortunately, and I don't think you have to be a top, top manager to do alright up in Scotland, but when somebody comes along that can actually take a club to the next level, like a Davidson's done at St Johnston, you know, it happens very quickly. And I feel like Hearts have the ability 
and have the potential to go and attract someone who could take them to the next level. Look at Celtic, you know, I mean, listen, they didn't have their biggest rivals in the league, but they, they identified that they needed someone to take them to the next level, so they went and got Brendan Rodgers. Now, Brendan Rodgers was never going to be there for 10 in a row, despite what the Celtic fans sung, right? He, but he came in, he took the club to the next level, there you go. Gerard Sutton, similar as well, you know what I mean, with the experience and know-how he's got, Ah, he gets a bit of criticism now and again, but you look at the job he's actually done at Rangers to transfer transfer them from what they were to what they are now. It's an incredible turnaround. Now, if Hearts were going to get somebody like Alex Neal, because I think Alex Neal is that type of manager, look at the job he'd done at Hamilton. Look at the job he'd done at Norwich. Had a little blip at Preston, but still done a decent job, especially in comparison to where they are now. Um, I think, you know, if you bring someone like him in, and he was here for two, three years, he could propel Hearts into a really good position. Um, I feel I just feel like Robbie Nielsen won't do that, and I think we're just going round in circles. He'll get you into the top six. Um, the football won't be particularly pretty to watch. You know, I just it's not it's. I just we deserve more. Like I said earlier, you know, we deserve better, and that was our gripe originally with Levine because it wasn't good enough. And Nielsen talks a good game. I'll give him his due there, as Levine did. I don't know if he's learned that from Levine, but they do. They talk a good game. We want to win every week. We're a big club, we expect to do this, we do this, but they never do it, you know what I mean? They, ne- they never turn up, they never implement it, you know? Um, so yeah, I think I think he very much is um, a Craig Levine. I wasn't expecting you to say that. Um. <laughs> what did you think? What did you, did you think I was going to say? No, no, not at all. Not at all. There's only one Craig Levine. Yeah, I wish that was true. No, there's about six of them in Scottish football and six of them are managers currently. What do we need then, Gordon? Obviously, you've identified that we potentially need a change manager, but in terms of in terms of the squad this summer, what else do we need to bring in? I think centre-half is going to be the, the number one priority now. Uh, I've been saying it, I've been harping on about it for ages, you know. I don't think Hulk is good enough. I think, um, are you going to get a full season of Sewer? You know, it looked like he was going off at one point on Sunday. Um... Smith as well, I think. Listen, I like Michael Smith when he plays in a back three as a centre-half. But see, he's a full-back. I just think his positioning at times is questionable. And people rave about Michael Smith as if he's, you know, a world-class full-back, and he's not. You know, he was he was a player that was part of a relegated Hearts team. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, all four of that, you know, every single person that was involved in that, that defence that got Hearts relegated could leave. And he, I include him in it as well. And he's a fan favourite. Fine, no issue with that. You know, I, I, I want to see every every player in Maroon succeed. But for me, he's, he's not as good as people make him out to be. I think going forward, he can do all. He, he does all right. You know, he's scored a few worldies, got a few assists now and again. Didn't have the best of games on Sunday, but I think defensively, it can be a bit suspect when he's. You know, I feel like he's not got the right balance anymore. Particularly, he's getting on. I think you know. 32-year-old fullbacks, I think you, you maybe expect too much of them. Particularly, he's not the most... He's not somebody who's blessed with pace either, let's be honest with you. So I think sometimes he maybe struggles to get back and to fill in. And I don't want to see Ginelli having to cover Michael Smith because he's he's bombed up the park and he can't get back in time. Because I want to see Ginelli up the park. That, that's what I want to see. Um, so for me, yeah, I think a, a long-term replacement might look into it. But, you know, if they weren't able to get a centre-half, or even if they do get a centre-half... I'd I'd happy to see I'd I'd be happy to see Smith move over into a back you know if Hearts going to play a back three I'd because ha- I think some of his best games for Hearts have been in a back three um, I really do you know that Celtic four 0 he, he slotted in there and he was brilliant 
So I think, you know, it's something that you should maybe think about and go and sign an actual proper attacking fullback. Um, for me, that, 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 that's what I think. But centre-half's definitely got to be, be the priority. We're talking about attacking fullback, you know, Everton are interested in Nathan Patterson, for example. If he signs for Everton or if he goes somewhere else, should Hearts be all over that, try to loan him? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I agree with Gordon, actually, I should say, with, with Smith moving into centre-half. I think uh, that was actually what I was just about to ask Gordon, if uh, if he hadn't come on to that point, would be, could you move Smith into centre-half and would, would you be happy to go and sign a, a proper out-and-out wing-back? Um, obviously, again, Alex Cochran was signed as probably for this system as a wing-back. I know he can play as a centre-half, which, again, is probably one of the things that um, made Robbie Nielsen want to go and get him was his versatility, but... I think you've gone and signed Cochrane to play him as a wing back and in this system and he's played the majority of his games as a centre half really so I don't know I think I'm not being overly impressed with him going forward when he's played wing back and at centre half I think he's too small I think uh, we, we spoke about Emmanuel Thomas uh, I think he changed the game when he came on for Aberdeen yesterday I thought Halliday couldn't deal with him I thought Halkett filled him a couple of times Cochrane was just getting bullied off him he nutmegged Haring away in front of the wheat field he, you know he had all our uh, a lot of our defensive players on toast and uh, I thought that was something that we lacked off the bench was that player to come on and change the game um, but as for I, I would definitely be keen for going to get a going to go and get a wing back for uh, for right wing back certainly and move Michael Smith in at centre half but as for the left well Halliday's certainly got his critics um, in both positions, I would say. But uh, I'm not sure if he's the answer for a wing-back. And to be honest, I mean, Cochrane's only on loan as well. So we, we need to be looking at trying to find... If we're going to stick with this system, we need to be looking at the wing-backs, I think, as well. Because I thought we got... I thought we played okay yesterday in the first half with the ball. I thought we worked it quite well at times. We got it into wide areas where the plan was in to get the ball into the box or take on a man and we couldn't beat the first man. And, you know, look, Robbie Nielsen can't can't do that for the players. They need to learn to cross the ball. That footballer should be able to cross the ball and beat the first man. That's not Robbie Nielsen's fault. But we need to go and sign players that are you know, very good at crossing, put it that way. You know, you look at Liverpool, Rangers, obviously we're not going to get players like that. But there are players out there that can specifically be very good at crossing and we don't have those at the moment right now what do you make of uh, Ewan Henderson potentially leaving on loan yeah look I mean he said yesterday in his, his post-match that a lot of the young players that were on the bench are going to be going out on loan um, you know Henderson's not going to get much game time here so you know it, it is the right uh, right move for him would I like to have seen him given a chance um, or more of a chance probably yeah I'm not sure he's been given much of a chance as well as Mickinef or, or Walker uh, I'm sure Spencer would agree obviously he's not here um, but I, I think <laughs> I think there's a lot of youngsters in this uh, Hearts squad. Robbie Nielsen's actually been criticised for the the lack of opportunities that the youth have uh, have been given. So was Craig Levine really as well. He was kind of um, oh, portrayed as being the guy that kind of got these guys up through the youth academy. And then when he was first team manager, I didn't think an awful lot of them really got given much of a crack at the whip. Really. Um, so look, the the priority for them is to go and get game time. So if they're going to get more game time out on loan, then that's the right decision. But Obviously, he said the priority now is if we want to loan these guys out, we need to get more bodies in the door. So, you know, hopefully that means we're going to see a, a few more signings as well as uh, Devlin and, and Woodburn coming in as well. I'll just say there, Nielsen constantly talks pish when it comes to young players, though, because all the time he goes, yeah, this season, you know, a lot of these young guys, they'll, they'll, they'll constantly be given an opportunity. You know, Pollock, he's going to remain part of the squad. Any money, Pollock goes out and loan. Or if he does stay, he'll play like maybe once or twice. 
Um, I don't think Henderson's good enough. I've said that plenty of times. I don't think he's going to get a game ahead of, you know, Nandale or, you know, even a McInerney for a walker. I just don't really see... He's not going to be the... He's not the sort of player that you'll bring on who's going to make a difference like you would maybe want a young player to do. Or even, would you trust him starting in a cup game? I'd probably roll my eyes if I seen him start in a starting eleven in a cup game. I really would. I just he's just not good enough. So and the thing is, his deals up at the end of the season. You know, you'll he you won't see him really in a heart shirt again. I don't think. Yeah, fair enough. Look, I mean, do you not remember that goal against Alloa though, where he? St- oh, didn't you start? I mean, you really are just Spencer Senior here, aren't you? He skipped through the whole team and yeah. But to be fair, should have passed the ball. Got like he was lucky to get a penalty. <laughs> Still got it though, oh, and as for as for Pollock, actually, Nielsen's changed his mind a couple of times on Pollock. Actually, um, again, I suppose a lot of it depended. We were, I think we were struggling to get players in at the time. Um, he said that the plan was to loan him out where he would get more game time, mm. and then I think we were kind of struggling to get players in. Yeah. So then he said, "Well, we think we'll probably probably keep him," but I, mm. I bet that was more down to the fact that we were struggling to get players in mm. as opposed to anything else. But now we've got more players in. I don't think we need another midfielder. No, I, I agree with you completely. I would yeah. loan Pollock out now. So, so, so would I. Particularly a 17-year-old. I mean, look at McGill, you know. I think he's been out and he's seen that goal he scored against Motherwell. And um, I don't know how he's getting on just now, but hopefully he's, he's starting every week so for... Brilliant. Is he? Brilliant. Well, that's what you want to see. And, um, you know, I remember seeing him uh, last season. Obviously, you'll be able to tell us more because um, you actually seen him live. First time I've ever seen him live was the Sunderland game. Sunderland friendly. And I thought he looked so much bigger. And it's like he sprouted out over the year compared to when he had his debut against, I think it was at Wraith Rovers, he, he's Fife or Wraith, one of the games he played in the League Cup, and you know, I thought, I didn't realise he was that big, because he played kind of centre-half against Sunderland for a wee bit, um, and I thought he looked good, you know, and then and then you, I seen the goal he scored against Airdrie, and he's a big boy, and that's what you want to see from you young players, you want to see them big athletic coming through, because um, I think, you know, to develop young players, and Gordon Strachan famously said it, that, you know, we're too wee. And, and we are, you know, see when like, Scotland play England and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Scottish players are so much smaller compared to, to English players. And that's not genetics or any bollocks like that. That's just how you bring them up. And it's how you develop them. And I think, you know, we've got to do more with players when they're at this early age, you know, 17, 18 um, get them in the gym, get them eating right, get them looking after themselves, becoming athletes. And I think, you know, Hearts need to focus doing it on that when it comes to the young players because, you know, I mean, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you're not fit enough, then you're never going to make it as a footballer. I suppose it comes down to sort of sports science and stuff like that. Oh, it does, yeah. And I think that's what the, the club are focusing on. And I think to to, to keep developing decent players, and listen, they, there, will, there will come a, a situation where... Um, we need to start developing, uh, you know, getting players. And, and a lot, I think, was... I don't even think it was made by the fans that uh, not enough young players didn't get a chance. I think it was it was more by the media than anything. I mean, everyone wants to see a young player come through and do well. But if they're not good enough, then they're not good enough. I think the issue, maybe last season in particular, was that there was players in there that were playing um, in, in the eleven that weren't good enough, and so you thought to yourself, well, why not stick a youngster in there and, and see how they do, you know, maybe a Pollock should have came in maybe a wee bit earlier, maybe a, a, a you know, a McGill should have had more game time, maybe a Henderson, for example, should have been given more more time to get a bit of experience, but these guys didn't play enough last season, so that maybe tells you that either they weren't ready, or they're not good enough. A Henderson, for example, didn't get enough game time in the championship, for me, not good enough because Sam Nicholson and Jamie Walker, when they played for Hearts in the Championship, I think they were probably the same age as what Henderson is now. 
you know, they both got in the double figures that season. And I think, you know, if Henderson was going to make it at Hearts, he would have done that by now. And just because he ran from one box to the other against Alloa doesn't mean that he's uh, he's got a future at Hearts. Dungeon United on Saturday. Um, first away game with fans, Jamie. Um, you excited to be going up to Sanadise? Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, we've played Dundee a few times, certainly, recently. And... Uh, Obviously, we didn't have any fans when we played them last season, but I seem to remember when we played them in the champion in the Premiership. Rather, we had a couple of early kickoffs, and we had a midweek game as well. So it'd be good to go up there for a, a three o'clock game. Um, looking forward to it. We're on the one of the early trains from Haymarket, so looking forward to that. And uh, I'm not really good with boozers around there, so we'll need to. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a Fred on uh, Jambo's kickback. I'll need to go and check that out. Well, last time I was at Tannadice, I think uh, what well, was under Nielsen, wasn't it? And uh, we got done by was it a Paul Dixon worldy? You know, after we had after his his most famous defeat against Hibs, so um, yeah, I've I've not got happy memories of Tandice. I think I've I've only seen a handful of wins, and they've only well actually I've seen a three 0 under McGlynn, To be fair, that was probably my uh, probably our our best win. Um, had a few one nils. Um, my favourite one when we went up there with Laszlo and basically secured third place, and Janos Balog saved a penalty from uh, Sandaza um, that was a good one yeah it's always it's always actually a pretty tasty uh, atmosphere at Tandice it's one of the good ones well it always was because they, they were always challenging us for third um, so it was always it was always quite good going on it was always a big game um, listen I hope we take really good numbers um, I think there's still fans that are hesitant to go on and give money to teams that maybe voted us down you know I'm I'm, I'm a home and away fan um, so it's hard for me to stay away. I've missed their ways. Um, regardless, you know the amount of money it takes out your bank balance and the misery it costs you. I wouldn't change it for the world. I'll still be there following them home and away. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to it, and uh, hopefully we'll see a, a bigger improvement than than we have for the last few weeks, and hopefully we can see uh, a, a, a wee win. Predictions? Do you know I've kind of wrestled with this. Um, I was sitting here thinking earlier on, I thought, yeah, I bet we get pumped 3-0. But, I don't know, I'd, you know, I think, I'd, just to see Dundee United win three games in a row, I don't think they're a good side. Listen, they've had f- two fabulous results against Rangers and uh, St Johnston. Uh, the St Johnston one surprised me more than the Rangers one, believe it or not. Um, but I think, you know, we've got to match their energy. I think we've we've definitely, because they will, you know, that'll be their performance, it'll be based on that. Um, I think they'll get right in our faces and, you know, if we can maybe weather the, the storm a little bit, you know, I think Pollock being out for them is, is probably quite uh, quite key because he adds a lot of pace to their team. You know, you know I don't know, a, a 2-1 Hearts hopefully uh, and Woodburn to come off the bench because I don't think he'll start, come off the bench, score the winner. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm intrigued to see if Woodburn starts actually, to be honest, because, you know, this Hearts front free, they haven't had much of a breather. I know it's fairly early on in the season, but... We don't have much uh, much depth in attack, you know. We've obviously not been uh, not not had Nondwe's services for the, the last couple of weeks. So uh, Nielsen said he's going to be coming back this week. So intrigued to see if Woodburn starts. Uh, big news at United, obviously, is the fact that Benji Segrist is is out for the rest of the season. Um, I I personally thought Dundee United, if it wasn't for Segrist, would have got relegated last season. Um, obviously Shanklin's away. Uh, McNulty up front, Nicky Clark, you know, Paulette's injured obviously, but uh, f- suspended, sorry, I, I Fuchs is um a good player in midfield. He's he's a good ball winner. Um 
but yeah, I think Hearts will, Hearts will win this one as well. Uh, I think it'll be 1-0. He's going for bold predictions there. Very good. Very good. I, I think we'll win as well. But I'm not there, so we'll probably win. David's not, not there either. So there you go. Me and David aren't going, 100%. so it's 100% win. Ten Come on the heart. 10 out of 12 points if we win that uh, before the international break. Yeah. Imagine Colifer Nielsen's head out of 10 over 12 points. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember, we've got a derby coming up. Well, we'll end on that then. Thank you both for joining me this week. Um, hopefully we can get a win over Dundee United on Saturday and uh, be top of the week come Sunday. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>